Okay. Um, I think the Utah Jazz are an interesting team looking forward, especially if they're in the Dame conversation because they have a ton of picks from the Timberwolves trade, from the Doom Rudy Gobert trade. They have a ton of assets there. They have a lot of young guys. And I think Sexton might be a tradable piece in the exchange if they want to trade for Lillard. Give them back Sexton, give them back maybe three first-rounders, something like that, and whatever salary can match with that. And um, the fit would be kind of interesting because you got Lillard, you got um, Clarkson maybe, Markkanen, and Kessler, Walker Kessler. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good lineup. But I just don't think that's happening, Lillard going to Utah. Although there is one interesting nugget too is the Dame did go to Weber State, which is in Utah. So maybe – That's right, yeah. He might want to go back to his old college place and go check Utah out again. So we'll see. What are your thoughts? Any more thoughts in Utah? I think the duo that really excites me there is probably Dame and John Collins, and they just got him. But, I mean, offensively, I think that duo would be nuts together. Dame getting into the paint, Collins, you know, the lobs, um, the pick and roll. I think it would be phenomenal. Um, in terms of the actual tradable pieces that they have, you talk about Sexton, who is – he's not Tyler Hero, right? But I think the difference between the Blazers receiving Tyler Hero in the return and Sexton in the return is yeah. if you look at Sexton's contract and his salary, like he's only at seventeen three five, Like that's – it's close to like $10 million less than Hero. So, yeah. I mean, Sexton, you got Scoop, you got Sharp, you got Simons. You kind of – you get to choose there. If you want to flip Sexton, I think it's a lot easier to do than say if you're going to bring in Hero, you know, a lot of a lot of teams are going to kind of shy away from that um, and yeah. be a little bit more hesitant. So, and you talked about the picks, you talk about Olenek. There's a lot of, I mean, that deal, it's going to be up there. I don't know if it's <laughs> actually been offered yet, and I don't know if that's something where Portland's going to look at it and say, you know, that's a team we're going to draw the line. You know, we're not going to listen to their package at all. I don't know. Um, I think one of the funniest parts about the whole situation is the Utah's GM is Danny Ainge, and him and Pat Riley just despise each other on a different level. So if he's able to do that to the Heat, um, I'm sure he'd yeah. enjoy that just a little bit. Um, First. Yeah, I didn't mean to bring Utah up there. I just forgot about them earlier when we talked about Dame. Um, yeah. Just to kind of finish up free agency from a team perspective, I wanted to get your thoughts on who you know the main winner or winners of free agency have been up to this point. Yeah, for me, there's only one team I think that uh, maybe biased, maybe not biased. I oh, think boy. the one clear outright winner for me is the Indiana Pacers because first off, we locked up our guy, Halliburton. We gave him the max. As much money as we could give him, we gave him that because he is that good. If he's not injured, he is. he deserved that money, in my opinion. And then we went out and then we got um, – we went out and then we got Obi Dobin, which is a big signing, which is, I think we gave up like two first rounder, two second rounders, which is not a lot to the Knicks. That's and a good deal got, for Indy. That's a good deal. We got a better um, replacement for Shai Brissett, who I didn't say was that good. And I'm glad we offloaded him to the Celtics because yeah. he's a big upgrade over Shai Brissett. <laughs> he's also pretty good from three. He was 34% from three, which is not that bad considering like he's not considered a shooter. And the lob threat with Halliburton is just going to be awesome. Like, the dunks are going to be insane. And it can also be a great two-man rotation with Jairus Walker, maybe help him help Jairus Walker come along in the forward spot. And the other guy that we got was Brucey e. B. So, unfortunately, Michael Malone couldn't get Brucey e. B. back, even though he's tried his best. 
we paid him, some would say, a lot more money than he deserved, but we got his bird rights, which is something else I learned about, that we can re-sign him again after two years without going over the cap. So that's a good move that we made. And um, he also gives it good defense and some playoff um, strengths right there. Yeah. The other thing I like about Indy is, I, aside from free agency, I think they might have won the offseason um, with the Halliburton extension. You go out, you unload Duarte, you bring in Bruce Brown, and yep. you upgrade it forward and also upgrade it guard. You go out, you draft Jairus Walker, um, another guy that adds a little bit of depth. I think you guys got Isaiah Wong as well, who is yeah, a guard, yeah. a kid from Miami. Yeah, yeah, he's actually pretty good. I mean, he was awesome in the in the March Madness tournament. He was pretty yeah. good. Well, I had been super high on him from the previous year when they didn't make the tournament. Or made the, they did make the tournament actually. Uh, yeah. He didn't like lead the team. They had uh, Cameron McGusty and uh, Charlie Moore as well, um, and he he was kind of a non-factor offensively towards the end of the season there, but. He had played really well against Notre Dame, and I watched him a lot uh, in 2022. I yeah. love that pickup for the Pacers. Um, and from a general, like, long-term standpoint, you got a guy in Halliburton who now you have a chance to, to get an early taste of the playoffs. Um, and I, I think, in a sense, that kind of strings him in, um, and it eliminates the threat of losing him in free agency. For a non-spender like the Pacers, like, if you guys are peren- perennially not making the playoffs, it's possible yeah. to get to a point where you lose him. Um, I think that kind of eliminates it. I think you guys are a six to nine seed next year. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to watch the Pacers. I think, yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch. Hopefully no injuries, fingers crossed. But I think we're we're going we're gonna to be in the playoffs. We might just not make the top six and be like a seven seed and have to play the playing game. But I think we're going to be in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, I have two winners. I probably I had the Pacers on there as kind of a, a dark horse wild card because I kind of looped them in off season like combined um, free agency. I have the Cavs at number one just because I watched that series against New York. I thought it was going to be the best series of the playoffs. Honestly, I was so excited um, and I was sitting there watching the first game against New York. And I remember I looked at my brother and I said, "If Donovan Mitchell does not score forty a night, yeah. I don't know how this is a competitive series." And he looked at me and said, you're right. The next night, Donovan Mitchell goes off. They play well in front of their home crowd. They get a game. And then they lose three in a row. And you go into the offseason with a guy in Donovan Mitchell who did not want to be traded to Cleveland in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. And you address your biggest needs in shooting. um, And honestly, like, size at the wing. Isaac Okoro, he's not the biggest dude. Lamar Stevens, who they got rid of. He was solid off the bench, but these aren't guys that are going to be impact players in the playoffs. And now you have yeah. Mobley come out or Jared Allen come out. You throw in the minivan, George Niang, my guy, um, and he'll come in and he can play the four if he needs to. And that's that, it's yeah. just a big body. He spaces the floor. He can hit shots. And Max Drews, obviously, I mean that speaks for itself. Uh, he's a little bit a little bit up and down. That contract kind of scares me a little bit 16 a year we'll see how that works out um but i think for the time being that's a risk you kind of got to take you know you're the four seed you get wiped off the floor you got to make changes and i think all the changes that they made are going to lead them to being you know a more serious contender this coming year than probably philly i mean unless philly you know somehow beefs up their roster and keeps harden I, i think i have cleveland ahead of philly a little bit right now Mm-hmm. Um, the other team I have 
is the Phoenix Suns. And I never thought I would have said that after the Bradley Beal trade where they went it all in on four guys, paid mm-hmm. them however many million dollars, $100 million, something like that, probably close to 130 40 And their bench is just nothing. And free agency started at 6 p.m. on July 1st. And I swear the first five notifications were Watanabe, Drew yeah. Eubanks, KWHG up, all these guys. And they kept Okoji and Damian Lee. Yeah. And like these are all solid players. And they got them all in like vet minimums. And <clears> I, I just can't say enough how well of a job or how good of a job Matt Ishbia, the new owner, um, you know, that whole group right now, they're in a good place. I, I'm really high on Phoenix heading into this offseason or heading out of the offseason into the season. Um, and I mean, I'm going to give Denver the benefit of the doubt, obviously, because they just won it all. And they only really lost Bruce Brown. I mean, I know Jeff Green's leaving, but I mean, they lost Bruce Brown. Um, but if not Denver, Phoenix. Phoenix is that team there. Like, they have some dudes. They have some serious, serious dudes in the lineup. Now they got wings off the bench who are lengthy. They can defend and they can shoot the three ball as well. Yep. I think, yeah. I think the Phoenix Suns needed that and they got the depth that they needed. They needed some guys around him because. Campaign and three superstars not gonna win you championship. You need bench around them, and they got that. They, I like the kid, kid a bit uh, pick up because I think he's like a thirty nine percent shooter last year from three, which is yeah, he's been very good, very good, yeah. and a pretty low contract for him too. And just um, I don't know if they're moving. I don't think they're moving Aiden now. Do you think there's any chance of moving Aiden? I think it would have happened. I I really think it would have yeah. happened. Um, I thought they should have until I saw all these moves they've made. They've filled their roster. Like, if you trade Aiton now, like, sure, it's a salary dump, but now you're going to have to probably, you know, throw in other pieces, and you're yeah. going to have to thin out your roster even more. I, I think they're done making moves, in a sense. I mean, they also got Eric Gordon. Forgot to mention him. Oh, um, yeah. That's a big pickup for them right yeah. there. You look at this team, and, like, they're deep. They're deeper yeah. than, like, you look at the Celtics and Nuggets. They're a deeper team right now. There's yeah. no debate about it. And those are probably the three teams that I'm going to hold at the highest standard right now. You know, Milwaukee and Miami right behind them. But I think those three teams, in terms of title favorites for next year, barring any game trade somewhere else, right? We know that's going to happen. Um, but of those three teams, I think Phoenix is the deepest, which I never thought I'd be saying. So it, it's just a testament to how, how good of a job uh, the Suns front office has done. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'd just like to find out, like, the Suns are exactly what you want from your if you're a fan from your team. Because as a fan, the one thing you want your team to do is always go all in every yeah. single And they're ex- doing exactly that. They're not thinking about the future. They have lost a lot of picks. They're just like, we're going to win it this year, and we're going to go all in. Yeah, I like that you bring that up because I think one thing with those teams is like you go all in in situations like this. That way, like when that window passes – you know, hopefully your guy, in this case, the Suns guy is Devin Booker. Hopefully when, you know, KD gets to a point where he's not, you know, the number two on a championship team anymore, or, you know, you move on from Bradley Beal, DeAndre yeah. Ayton, whoever it is, hopefully what you've got left, you know, you're able to just build it back up with your guy, Devin Booker, in the Celtics yeah. case. Build it back up with Tatum or Brown, Tatum and Brown. Um, I, I just think with those young guys, and not even young at this point, they're veterans pretty much. Um, 
But with those guys, you have to keep them happy. You have to show them, like, we're going to give you what it, what it takes to build a championship roster. And that's how you keep them long-term, honestly. Yeah. I want to get into the rest of the free agents real quick. Notable ones, we had Grant Williams on the list. I was ready to talk about how Dallas was throwing all their cards into the Matisse Thibault thing. Um, and it was, I think it was a $33 million offer sheet for three years. Yeah. And I think Portland's probably going to match that. Um, Grant Williams, you know, we're going to see what happens there. But I, he got traded to Dallas, three second rounders to Boston. It was 2024, 2025, and 2028 second round picks to Boston. Uh, the Spurs jumped in. They acquired Reggie Bullock, uh, two second rounders and a pick swap from Dallas. And Dallas gets Grant Williams. I think, you know, speaking from the Celtics standpoint, you know, there was no realistic situation where you sign him, Grant Williams, you match whatever offer he gets. You're not going to do that unless, you know, that's it. Because the rest of your pieces are going to be veteran minimum, guys. You're in the second apron. Any trade you make has to be dollar for dollar matched salary-wise. Yep. And that's not something you want to do in the first, like, week of the CBA being out as being mm-hmm. a perennial second apron team. Um, this was this is what they had to do. San Antonio got good return. Uh, they're still, like, building, getting ready to build for Wimby in the next few years. And Dallas gets some toughness, defense, uh, and actually size on the wing. Uh, Jaden Hardy and Josh Green, not big dudes. Seth Curry, not a big dude. Their defense is a serious question, and Grant Williams is going to help that. Yeah, for sure. I like the like the lineup with Luca and Curry. You got defense with um, Grant. You got Powell. So you and they got Seth Curry. So it's also a nice addition. Maybe not the defense, but he gives you the trees. They also tried Matisse Tybal, which would have been really interesting. Tybal with the Mavs gives them a lot of defense that they need around Luca and Curry. Maybe not that great defenders. Luca certainly not. So. Yeah, I I guess they might need another dude who's going to play the Matisse Tybal role, not that they don't have him, but we'll see. I think they're going to make other moves too to keep Luka happy and hopefully him not leaving next year when his contract is about to go off. Yeah, I think they need to for me to actually take them seriously. For some reason, ever since Kyrie got to Dallas, that fit has just bothered me. I don't think it's very fluent. I don't think it's very organic for Luka. Um, and I still hold them as a playing team in the West at, at the most. Um, unless they go out and make other pieces. Obviously, you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Luka can take you wherever you need to go. Um, in a grueling 82-game season, you know, Luka, Kyrie, I feel like we're going to get 20 games in and there's going to be Kyrie rumblings again. Um, I, I just can't trust him. I can't. Yeah, you uh, can't. We already know that. He's been to Boston. He's been to Brooklyn. And last year, the Brooklyn move, like him asking for a trade was just like the silliest thing because they were actually playing pretty well. And he was having like maybe the best season of his career. Yeah, they were winning. They were winning. Yeah, they were winning. They were, they were in the top three, if I remember correctly, in the Eastern Conference standings. And he was, he had like 29, 30 points every game with like five assists and five rebounds. And, and out of the blue, he just asked for a trade. So you never know with Kyrie. He might just ask for another trade if he doesn't like the fit with Luka. Yeah. I, I honestly hope he does. I want I want Luca to get away from that. Um, the trade actually kind of bummed me out, not from like a Celtics fan standpoint, but just from you know speculation and getting to talk about what might happen. Because 
I had this whole spiel about how, you know, Atlanta was involved um, and that Dallas, uh, the Dallas Stiebel uh, offer sheet, it was making me think, you know, Dallas is out of the equation. New York is in. Um, and I was trying to think who else might be in the market for Grant, obviously Charlotte, but it was going to be him or PJ Washington. Obviously now it's going to be Washington. We'll talk about him in a minute. So it was going to come down to Boston and Atlanta in my mind. And I was like, yeah. you know, why is Atlanta like, why is Atlanta playing this slow? Um, I talked to a buddy of mine on Twitter. He's uh, he kind of works for the athletic uh, for the Hawks. Um, and I was asking him, you know, why, why is Atlanta playing it so slow? You got Trey Young there. I thought that after the Collins trade, you know, maybe, maybe an avalanche starts or they're active to start free agency. It's been like radio silence over there. It's really weird. Um, and he told me yeah. that the holdup on Grant Williams is that they were non-committal because there was a pending, you know, pending move for another Eastern Conference forward um, that would definitely bolster the roster in Atlanta. And I, I was trying to sit there and think. I was like, another Eastern Conference forward. Like, Giannis is still under contract in Milwaukee. Um, and I'm trying to go through the list. Uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan's probably a shooting guard, three three forward. Um, and I, I stumble upon the Raptors, and I just start thinking, what if Siakam gets traded to the Hawks? You know, some kind of package like DeAndre Hunter or DeJounte Murray, you know, they want to get a little bit younger, replace Van Vliet or move on from OG and Siakam because uh, Atlanta's got picks and Atlanta can give them bogey back in the deal. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think when he told me that, my antenna perked up because, you know, I'm just immediately thinking about Siakam um, and the potential for that. And I'm even hearing rumors about OG Ananobi to the Celtics now. Um but I still think the Celtics, they could be in on Dame. You never know. Um, there's just a lot going on there. And the Grant Williams the Grant Williams trade kind of put a halt on everything for me. I still think the Siakam deal could happen. But, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, PJ Washington. Last week, they said he talked to the Celtics. Um, I'm not buying that. I think he's going to be back to uh, – I think he's going to be back to Charlotte. Or he's going to end up in Atlanta or New York. You know, because those are the other suitors for Grant. Um, and I think it just makes sense. You know, you go and get another MLE, uh, young forward. Um, but PJ Washington's sort of an underwhelming guy to me. I mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't value his services enough to give him the MLE if I'm a team. Um, unless you need to spend uh, like the Hornets, which I'm I'm assuming they're just going to bring him back. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think it's just I think it's straightforward. Some of the teams that were in play, I, I don't think they're going to. If they wanted him, they would have gone after him. So I think it's just him getting back to Charlotte to run it back. But I, I don't know. I, they also re-signed Lamella Ball. Not re-signed. They extended him to the max contract that he could get, which is them committing to Ball for a long period of time with his injury history. I don't know about that. I guess they had to do it because they can't let their superstar go away to another team. You can't do that in the NBA, especially when you're Charlotte and you're probably not going to get a superstar in trade because nobody wants to play in Charlotte. No offense. <laughs> yeah. Harsh words from Berman here on the pod. Um, let's move on from Charlotte. Uh, Terrence Davis, the last guy I want to talk about before we get into the extension landscape. Um, Terrence Davis, early in free agency, he's my guy. Yeah, I know. He's my guy. Um, he, he was all over the place on Twitter. 
um, in people's articles. I think Adam Hilsebeck, um, he tweeted out that it was Milwaukee and Boston in on Terrence Davis early in free agency. And then I never saw a tweet again. I was so excited that we were going to get him. Um, and there was no other tweets, no other info from anybody, even uh, even the Kings camp about bringing him back. Um, so I, I don't know where he's going to end up. I think he might in this market late in free agency, he's probably going to wind up being a vet minimum guy. Uh, yeah. Probably going to either, you know, go to a contender, a strong contender where he can contribute kind of like Beasley just did. Um, or he's going to go somewhere like Charlotte or a non-spender, you know, Detroit maybe. And he's going to try to establish himself in a bigger role to make more money in the future. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be a wet minimum. And I think, I don't think it's the Kings because if they wanted him, they probably brought him back by now. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, it, I think the market kind of dried up for him pretty quick. And it just, whichever team is looking for a, back up now would probably want him yeah it's uh it's been a very a very harsh market up to this point um we talked about that with the hard knock in like that was purely a money a money move by him uh, i yeah. want to get into the extensions before we go here um the first one being the desmond bain extension five years 207 million um i like it i think it's a good contract i think he's a good player he's got upside um and he's on a contender so I, i'm glad he got that extension he's from he's from indiana yeah, I just think um, with the Bane extension, they had to do it. I think he's just like a better Austin Reeves in every facet of the game, in every way possible. So if Austin Reeves, which was a steal for the Lakers, if Austin Reeves is getting some money, Bane is just better than him. And he has done it for a while. And he did, I think in the absence of Ja, whenever Ja couldn't play last year, Bane actually stepped up and played pretty well and actually got them to win some games in the regular season and also he stepped in in the playoffs in the Lakers series too. Yeah. I always forget they were the two seed last year. Like they were the two seed in the Western Conference um, yeah. with Ja being out a decent amount of time. It's a true testament to what Bain can do. Um, the other ones were Halliburton, Ball, and Edwards. They all got five years, 260. I think those are all really good, you know, contracts for those teams and those players. Um, between those three guys, and I was talking about this with Jesus last night, um, I was at, he responded to a tweet about ranking them. Um, and I remember I told him, like, if you're not putting Edwards first, I think you're wrong. I have Edwards, Halliburton, Ball um, in that order. But, I mean, overall, I think that um, I think that those three guys deserve the money. I think yeah. they're all better than Tyrese Maxey, who didn't get the money. Um, and I'm just excited for those franchises that have young stars that they're confident in. I think that's good for the league. Yeah. I think it was just no-brainers for every team. Like Minnesota, the amount of missteps they've made in the last couple of years, they had to do – like if they didn't extend Edwards, there's probably something wrong with the GM because he can't really do that. Same with Hubbard and Ball. If you've yeah. got superstars and you're not a big market, you just have to give them the max. There's no other two ways about it. Yeah. I feel pretty confident in saying that Anthony Edwards is probably a future MVP in the league. He's that I good. He's very, very good. Help around him, though. Because yeah. with the team they have right now, I know they got Nas Reed back, but Rudy Gobert and Cat and him, I don't think that's a good enough team for them to contend. No, and I'm not, I, I'm not confident in saying that Minnesota has given him the reins yet. I mean, even with the extension, like they've got Cat and Gobert there. I, I think Cat still has control of that franchise. Um, I think soon you got to move on. It's not working the two bigs. 
you've had little to no success under Cat. Um, and Anthony Edwards has been spectacular. Uh, the last one I want to talk about is Porzingis and Sabonis taking pay cuts. Um, this Sabonis one, I mean, I don't know how significant that's going to end up being because they didn't spend anything else. They pretty much used that money um, to bring back Harrison Barnes on yeah. another contract. But the Porzingis, um, the Porzingis pay cut, it was like $17 million. And I've said this a couple times. That's kind of going to be a future play too because when you get both the Jays on Supermaxes, the only tradable contract between those three is going to be Porzingis. Um, yeah. Unless, I mean, you're not going to trade Tatum. Brown is going to be making a ton of money that if you get to the point you want to trade him, that contract isn't going to be good enough. Um, so I, I love it by Porzingis. And it opened up, um, not the tax MLE, but it opened up room for us um, to do a little bit more than the vet minimum, you know, if it's a biannual exception the rest of the offseason. Um, I think it's also just like him coming in saying like, hey, I want to I be here. I want to win here. I love it. I love the extension. Yep. And I think, yeah, that just says that he's uh, all in in terms of winning the championship because when you're trying to go for championships, some guys have to take pay cuts to accommodate getting other depth players. So I think that shows that he wants to win a championship this year. Same with Sabonis. He took a pay cut because he wanted the Kings to build around the roster they had last year. Go a step further, beat the Warriors this time, maybe make the... I still think Denver might be too much of a match for them, might be too good for them in the playoffs, but still with the team they have right now, the young guys are only going to get better next year. Yeah, and they'll get some maturity, some experience. Um, but yeah, I'm not ready to talk about them beating the, the Nuggets yet. Uh, I, that's yeah. all I have to talk about here. We went through a lot. I mean, we went through um, both trade situations with the guards, Harden and, or Harden and Lillard, free agency, free agents, and, uh, and the extensions. Uh, productive week two. I know we were supposed to have a guest on this week. Um, he left us for a cruise. Um, yeah. He's in the Caribbean right now. We're going to have him on next week. Um, yeah. Going to try to upload a little bit earlier in the week next week. Um, may record this weekend. And um, um, just not to um, interrupt you, but I think I forgot a big winner of the free agency that I forgot to mention. Yeah, when, fire, fire ahead. Um, so the Miami Heat. Guess why they signed a sneaky signing they had this past week. I know who you're going to say, but I'm not going to say his name. Yeah, it was Thomas Bryan, the lucky yeah. charm himself. Thomas Bryan goes to the Miami Heat for like $3.8 million or something like that, which is dirt cheap. You're getting a playoff, a player who has playoff experience. Not a lot of minutes, but he does have playoff experience. He just won a championship. The Lakers traded him away. They lost the bad good luck, and that's why they lost to the Nuggets. Was Thomas Bryan, in my opinion, good to the Nuggets. So that's a great signing for the Heat. So if you're a betting man, I'd say put all your money on Miami Heat in the championship next year. That's gonna be your bet. You're gonna you're gonna find a way to get Thomas Bryant mentioned in every pod episode. You're two for two so far. Yep. Um, yes. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we're gonna be back next week, and uh, we look forward to having you know one of my buddies on here and getting Jesus back in the pod. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for joining good me. Have, good to have this uh, special guest and Jesus back next pod. That'll be fun. Yep. yep. All right. Thanks, Berman. Yep.